Hey, you guys. So this is going to be my second favorite episode. I'm excited. So I picked Francine Hughes. <gasps> oh my God. I almost picked her. I almost picked her. I'm so glad that... I'm so glad. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you went first. Okay. So here's why I picked her. Okay. Not because she's a badass bitch and lit the bed on fire with her husband in it. Truly. But because I feel like her case specifically help lead the way for women in domestic violence situations. And honestly, her being found not guilty in her case was huge for abused women at the time. And it was also the start of women's shelters across the entire world. And I just feel like it was a huge pivotal moment for abused women. Yeah. No, that's a great point you're bringing up. And also like Farrah Fawcett being in a movie about her called the burning bed. Hey, watch it. Um, it really does highlight the fact that a lot of times in these situations, people do not feel there is any other way out. Right. And she was the first time that you and I really researched any of people like that. Mm -hmm. And then we find it again and again and yes. again. Just like um, with, oh God, I can't remember her name in Canada. She was found not guilty as, oh God, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there was, a, there was another girl. And then also the kids that we do. Um, like the kid who, um, I killed my father on the Netflix mm -hmm. series documentary, it, same idea. Like he literally was like, I have, I felt like I had no other options because I was pinned in by this person who told me I had no other options. It was like conditioning, constantly conditioned. Like I'm the one who's going to take care of you. I'm the one who holds you here. Gaslighting you like manipulation. Of course you're going to be like, shit, what other choice do I have? But this. So you're right. It, it definitely highlighted a huge issue in our country. And you're right. It did bring to light a lot of domestic violence. And at that time in the seventies, Oh yeah, it was yeah. the seventies. Domestic violence was considered like, what, why didn't you do what the man told you to do? Oh yeah. Um, if what happened to her was she actually called the police and try to report domestic violence. And because they didn't witness anything, mm -hmm. they couldn't do anything. Yep. They're like, well, one of y'all's got to go down. So who wants to go to the, the station with this? You know, it was one of those. And then the other thing is this. Remember this, guys. Up until like the 80s and 90s, I would say the 90s. Rape was a misdemeanor. Okay. So, and marital rape. <laughs> Not, not even. a thing doesn't exist didn't exist still doesn't exist technically in our justice system technically now i think some states are starting to come around but this is one step in a very long journey of justice and i feel like you're right francine hughes highlighted we got to get better at this domestic violence situation in our country it's just running wild and the fact that unfortunately it's majority of men getting away with this not to oh. say the women don't do it because they do, and they deserve to go down just as hard as men. But unfortunately, to our knowledge, as of now, the numbers are skewed much more in, in the man's favor than a woman's. So it's an important thing to highlight. I completely agree. I'm trying to look up um, my Canadian case. I can't remember. I know. There was Deanna Laney. Was it her? Deanna Laney. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, check out that one too if you guys want another little bit of context. But no, that's a really good point. And 
it's just sad that we constantly have to, well, of course we also are doing family crimes. So of course, like DV will probably be in a lot of them, unfortunately, but the fact that this was a step in the right direction and also shockingly that they let her off. I was actually very I surprised. Know. By that. I was so shocked and I was so happy because I don't think she would have ever done what she did if she didn't feel like she had a choice because yeah. she tried to get help. Yeah. She tried to get help by um, different services available oh, and there nobody would help her. So nope. this was a last resort. Yep. And her mother wouldn't help her. Oh, that's just what men's do. Yep. You just, just what the men's do. Learn to deal with it. And that's the thing is like, if, if you don't stop it, your generation, you as a person, it will continue to happen. Yeah. So that's why I picked Francine Hughes, because I think that she was just a, it was kind of the start of domestic violence not being acceptable anymore. I agree. We hope you enjoy this episode. I hope we hope you had an amazing holiday. Yeah. Whatever you celebrate or whatever you don't celebrate. Absolutely. Festivus it. Like I do. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of See You Next Tuesday podcast. I am Jesse. I'm Amanda. And this is episode eight. Eight? Are we at eight already? Yeah. Wow. I, I can't believe it's been eight. Eight is enough. No, it's never <laughs> enough. You guys know you can't get enough of us. We can't get enough of us. No. We actually really love doing this podcast. I love it so much. So, um, see you next Tuesday. Stands for cunt. It stands for cunt. Uh, trigger warning. If you don't like bad language... You probably should listen to this podcast. And FYI, we always call someone a cunt. And if you don't like it, please don't at us. Yeah, no. Because, I mean, that's literally the basis of our podcast. So here we are. <laughs> if you at us, we're going to ignore you. Yeah. Because the, the whole goal is somebody's going to be a cunt. You can agree or you cannot agree. But if you at us, not a lot we can do about it. Yeah. Did you see we finally, like, we're official. We've made it. We've had our first troll. We did have a troll on Twitter, which is amazing, actually. We have to say, like, it was, you were, like, sitting at work, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love her because she didn't like who we called a cunt. That's, yeah. This is true. And the thing is, is, like, we don't just throw that out willy-nilly, just heads up. It's, it's for people that we feel have violated the sanctity of human life in some way. I mean, like, really, that's what it when is. When there were other options. Yeah, many other options. So it's, yeah. it's not given out lightly. But I did, I feel like we had officially made it when our, we got our first troll. It was pretty great. She didn't stop. I know. And it was like, and then you had me look, and I was like, okay, now I'm looking. You didn't have me look. I looked. But I was like, wait, what's happening? And then I was like, oh, my God, this is great. So then it was like, do we respond? Do we say anything? And then it was more like a, nah. It, it was entertaining. It was so entertaining. And I didn't respond for two reasons. A, because I kind of felt like she was teetering on the brink of maybe being committed. Mm. And B, I kind of thought, 
Holy shit, Betty Broderick got a cell phone and has Twitter in prison. Which, Betty, if you do, okay, damn it, you know, get it. Good for you, girl. Get it? Get it, girl. I don't want to know where you smuggled that phone. Well, seriously. And also, after being in quarantine for a year and a half, I kind of get that, like, you know, itch to communicate with the outside world, so. Yeah, we get it, but, um, yeah, I was not going to engage with that particular troll. It was kind of cool, though, because it did feel like... We made it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. I just... Well, let's just say thank you to everybody, really. Seriously. Yeah. Who has been following, listening, saying nice things about us. Like, honestly... Honestly, saying bad things about us. We don't care. We don't care. No. The point is, is like, thank you guys so much for listening. This is huge for us. It's huge. It really is huge, but she broke the number one rule. I always say, don't at us. Don't at us. Don't at me. But at us. But at us. <laughs> I always say don't at me, never don't at us. That's true. So she didn't break the rule. She broke your rule for you, but not the podcast rule. No, because I say don't at me. She didn't at me, she added us, so that's That's a different rule. I also have to say something that I feel like is extremely important and it's like weighing on my heart as somebody who appreciates life and the sanctity of life. Um, So we were just... Eating dinner before our podcast recording, which we do, because, you know, we need to be all, you know, pod juiced up, which tonight was Mexican martini for you. Yeah, two. Hell yeah. And uh, uh, margarita uh, on the rocks for me, because Tex-Mex. Hey. And um, something that I want to address is the fact that of what you saw when we were leaving the (sighs) restaurant of which we were eating in. Okay. And go. I I can't even describe to you how important it is that we don't do this. This is like a PSA. It is so important. You know, we've mentioned we're from Texas. We can can say that. We're We're from from Texas. Texas. We've mentioned it. We're leaving the restaurant. I walked past this table on my way out the door. And I was like, girl, girl, check it out. Girl, look at the guy. And she missed it. I can't believe she missed it. I missed it. I'm terrible. I'm one of those people that's like, where? And like, I make it super awkward and uncomfortable for everyone. So sorry, I'm that friend. This, um, I'm not going to call him a gentleman. No. Um, this man? Mm. Male figure. Male figure. He had a frozen margarita. Which, stop there. Okay, frozen margaritas. Amazing. It's hot outside. You want to have a nice cooling drink. It happens to have tequila in it. Agreed. I mean, the, you know. Who doesn't? The heat index today is probably 152,000, so I ain't going to hate on that. Yeah. Um, he had his margarita glass and was eating his frozen margarita with a spoon. No! This is whenever you call the cops, everybody. Like, no, for, for real. Like, don't really call the cops. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this is when, don't call the cops on a black person's barbecue ever call the cops on this dude who's violating the terms and conditions of the margarita thank you like who the fuck does that i'm like you're not at the sonic they and then even then they provide you well they used to i actually i've gotten a slurpee there a couple or a slushy there a couple times and i haven't had the spoon at the end of the straw or and or a spoon given to me oh i was thinking like their um blizzard type situation oh, that's different that's ice cream this is a fucking slushy it's literally a god dang tequila slushy and you're eating it with a fucking spoon no sir like an animal no sir no 
I, Unacceptable. I almost knocked the spoon out of his hand. Dude. <laughs> he should have thrown something <laughs> His wife looked like a Karen, so I really didn't want to go there. Mm, yeah. Not before the pod. I mean, if she had been recording, maybe. That would have been a good story. But for she, sure. She missed it completely. I did, but but when you told me, I was like, what? I was like, get 911 on the phone. This is this is a crime that's happening in our community. Against margaritas. Against our will. Against our wishes um, as people. We take our tequila very seriously. We, and our margaritas very seriously. Yes. I so mean, what the fuck are you doing? I, I mean. That was upsetting. Yes. I'm still upset. This isn't even like a put on. It's literally like I walked no, out no. and I was like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> I was so mad. She was so mad, guys. You have no idea. Me, I'm like, what the fuck is this dude doing eating with his margarita with a spoon? She was angry. I was dumbfounded and baffled that I just saw this. I think also for me, because I fucking love food. I love having a good drink with a good conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, enjoying time with friends and family, right? Like a good, nice meal. And then this motherfucker comes up and is with a spoon. Like if it were to wait, I'm going to be real with you. If I find, if one of our friends did that, I would straight up say something to them. Hold on. Two things. One, do you think you get drunk faster when you eat it with a spoon? No. Do you have that cold fucking spoon against your mouth and then it like scrapes uh, against your teeth? It's Are you probably kidding? brain freeze faster, huh? Yeah. And... We go way back, and we've known a lot of people. Which person do you think we've known in our past that would eat a margarita this spoon? Oh, my God. Because I have one right now on the tip of my tongue, and you may have sent me an Instagram picture today. I, I 1,000% am thinking of the same person who may or may not be a human male who may also do the same thing. I've never seen it, but I wouldn't be shocked. All I'm saying is this: the person we're talking about on, the, on their first day of work – Okay, as a man, and I, as, as a male server, as a server, I, I'm not, why am I qualifying with male? Excuse me. As a server in at a, a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant, yes. Tex-Mex restaurant, yes. shows up to work the first fucking day. Diesel jeans. Diesel motherfucking jeans. $300 pair of jeans to work at a restaurant. Now, let's go back. Keep in mind, y'all, this was 15 years ago. Stop saying lies to my face. <laughs> I'm guessing that was a question mark at the end because I want people to understand this wasn't yesterday. God, I mean, we're not talking about that? we're not talking about was, diesel jeans being popular right now. That was if they're not, then then what what century am I living in? How are diesel jeans not popular anymore? What's a popular jean now? I, I I mean, granted, I'm also the chick that like still goes to American Eagle and buys my jeans. I'm literally wearing American Eagle right now. Uh, do I have to? Now you're going to make me say my branded jeans, aren't you? No. They're Levi's. Oh, bougie. Look at you, bougie. Girl, get it. Levi's are more bougie than American Eagle? Oh, God, yes. Levi's are like $90. Oh, Le American no. Eagle's like 30 No, these were not. No. No. Where do you get Levi's for cheap? Because I've been looking. First of all, you can buy Levi's at Target. True. But aren't they still like 50 bucks? I don't know. I got these on Amazon. Oh. See, I didn't even know that. But all, all we're saying, hold on, let's go down this wormhole real quick. Levi versus Diesel. Here we go. Point is, this dude shows up to fucking work at a restaurant. Okay, so guys, if you've never been a server before, your jeans are going to get fucked up. And we're talking like grease, uh, dishwashing liquid, um, alcohol, alcohol, um, 
some little kid's going to wipe their greasy hands on you from yep. chicken tender grease. Exactly. And their parents are going to be like, oh, my God, he's so sorry oh about God, that. Oh, my God, that was so Ooh. cute that little Johnny did that. Oh, my and God, I, I can't believe that he did that. I'm going <laughs> to spill so a hot plate of food on him next time. But anyway, cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, you're going to get – in other words, buy the cheapest – pair of jeans you can possibly own because like they're gonna get all screwed up like go to the clearance rack of the goodwill pretty much yeah and then just hope for the best and also at this time okay i think it was like 2005 and 6 i don't even girl i don't even know it was i was i'm I'm gonna say i was 19 i was 19 so what the fuck age would that be i don't know you want me to do math i had two two mexican martinis if hit up the twitter and you'll see my second one had a straw in the shaker. Yeah, it was 2006. Okay, so 2006, we're going back. I'm, pr- I'm like right on the cusp of scene. I'm a scenester about to be an emo person, right? So at this point, it was pre-skinny, back when we had flares. Yes, Gen Z, if there are any listening, we didn't it first. And we're being a hipster about it, but it's true. But flare jeans were the fucking worst whenever you're working in a god dang restaurant because if you go to the back and god forbid there's any sort of water on the floor oh, at all oh, what about when you close at night and they clean and they just threw the, the water on the floor to clean the floors yep through the water because then yeah. the bottom of your jeans are all fucked up and, and watery all the way and they soaks up all the way like yes, to your calves yes and then they like start to tear mm-hmm. at the bottom so then you have to rip it off only <laughs> if you know the struggle, please let us know. You know exactly what we're talking about. It's just so why did he wear those jeans? That's why did he saying. wear those jeans is what we're saying. Not only did he wear those jeans, remember the apron he wore? No. Okay, so you know how at servers they normally have like a little apron in the front of their their Was it the side apron from like Hooters? Oh yes, Queen. Oh yes, it was. It wasn't a full apron, it was a one legger. Where there was like a place to put your pens and your pad of paper and shit. And it was only on one leg versus like across the two legs. And we were like, what the fuck? And also the white belt. I mean, at the time it was very popular, the white belt. I would be willing to bet all the money in my bank account, which is like $5, <laughs> send me checks. Um, P.O. box. Right. Um, that he still wears the white belt. I think some people still wear the white belt. It's kind of, you know what though? In his defense, I saw a TikTok the other day and I wanted to gouge my eyes out. Ed Hardy is back. What? I thought we started buying his stuff at Target. I thought we decided that Ed Hardy could rot in hell. I've decided a lot of people can rot in hell. But especially Ed Hardy products are the bane of human existence and should stay where they stayed in 2006. And, and What else are MMA fighters going to wear? No, uh, tap out shit. Like monster gear. Like anything besides that. Anything. I don't know. I'm not up with the... I'm old, Uh, y'all. No, you're not. But that's the point. It's like they're already co-opting styles that aren't that old. Are they? Are they that old? 2006? What is that? Yeah. No, that's only 14 years. That is not allowed. No, you have to wait at least 20, which makes sense why the 90s fashions are coming back. Okay. There's a 20-year limit is what I'm saying. Let me not be old, damn it. She should have had two margaritas at dinner, y'all. <laughs> oh I God. know I'm drink and mellow my shit out before we record. I also had an energy drink pre-hour recording. Oh, what the fuck is wrong? Energy drink and alcohol? Your body doesn't avoid an upper and a downer? That's that's like, have you never pre-game before? You do the energy drink, you have a full meal, and then you pre- and then you have a drink. 
do you not remember when I used to wait tables with you? Yeah. And me and other people, a friend of mine, uh-huh. we used to drink a Red Bull and yeah, take, take a Vicodin at the same time, up or downer. Your body gets confused. You're going to have a heart attack. We are not condoning this behavior. Just so you know, we've lived and learned a lot. No, do not. Do not fucking do that. Do Ever. not do that. But when you're in the really service industry it, back in 2006. I really thought I was going to have a heart attack one day. Well, yeah, because it's fucking, yeah. But, you know, I didn't take a Vicodin or anything. You know, it's just, you know. Alcohol's a downer and energy drinks are an upper. That's what you should not do, vodka and Red Bull. Whoever came up with that is stupid. The fucking assholes Ed, made Red Ed Bull. Hardy. Ed Hardy no. jeans, Von Dutch, like, fucking t-shirts and trucker hats, Fucking, I'm saying it, sorry everybody, Uggs, ew, juicy sweatpants, all that shit, air Red Bull and vodkas. The Jersey Shore, Red Bull vodkas. Like, all that, the bouffant fucking hairdo, Red Bull vodka. I mean, I have drank a Red Bull vodka. Who hasn't drunk it? But, like, if that's your drink of choice, this is instantly where I go. I go, thick-ass French chip squared off nails with Y'all, like the nasty. At her, not. Oh, you can at me all day, but let's be real. Those some tacky ass chuggy styles. I said it. I mean, let's it's, at her. Don't mm-hmm. at the podcast. Don't come <laughs> at both of us. At her. I'm just saying, don't do drugs, kids. Please don't do drugs. Please don't abuse prescription drugs. Yeah, that was bad. God. I, I will tell you, like, take it, being a server is extremely important. I feel it's like for everybody to do at least once in their life. Be a server. Or be a bartender. One of the two things. Do it for like six months at least and learn and learn. Oh my God. My my pod, my eldest pod son, mm-hmm. he makes the food at Taco Bell. Yeah. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's probably worse because you get like a lot of people who are just terrible human beings. Oh, they, they are so terrible human beings. They mm-hmm. are just horrible. And he's like, but here, no, I'm not going to tell you that Taco Bell. Okay. We'll keep it, we'll keep it on the, t- but like the point is, is like, I'm only going to tell you guys, don't tell your Will friends. You tell us? Okay. I'm don't tell your friends, you. just you guys. <laughs> Come in close. Come in close. Ready? All you have to do is go back to Taco Bell. You don't even have to have your food or your receipt. Just call them, go back, tell them your food was wrong and they're going to give you your money back. Shut the fuck up. What? Wait, even if it is, it, it, like, you don't have to, like, provide proof or anything? No. And you can just, like, get, like, get extra food and shit? Essentially? They'll give you your money back. Yeah. Or give you free food. Hmm. Well, probably, I, I can also see why, because, like... They don't want to deal with Karen. No, they don't want to deal with Karen's yelling at, like, 16-year-old kids. Yes. Which is so... I mean, guys, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's take it down a notch. Let's take it down. We're all just humans spinning on this fucking rock... We all make mistakes. Together. Let's let's grant each other some grace and leave everybody kind of alone. You, you know, know who doesn't need grace, though? Mm. Jamie fucking Spears. Okay. we Okay. I know we haven't even talked at all about murder or anything like that. Um, You sent me the recording of, Jay, of uh, Brittany's, not his, um, testimony before court. and Which I, I posted on our socials. Posted on our socials. We also went full on TikTok on it. Um, that's horrifying stuff. And, and granted, like, until I watched the documentary of her, the New York Times presents, I was one of those people back in 2006, seven, eight, that was like, literally had, you know, the death watch for her, Lindsay Lohan, 
um, Paris Hilton, all those chicks, um, Nicole Richie, you know, we were all kind of hating on him and, and basically going along with the, with the paparazzi and like the media was telling us about how horrible these people were and all this kind of shit and how crazy they are. And But, you know, that was like, they unfortunately, unfortunately, were in the first group of internet, social media, paparazzi, posting online, you could get it in real time situations. That's true. So nobody ever had to deal with that before, so nobody knew how to deal with it. Yeah. Like, nowadays, celebrities know to just put it out there first. On their Instagram, on their Twitter, blah, blah, blah. So be the paparazzi to it. Control the narrative. Yeah. You know, if you make the narrative first, then they don't control what's being said about you. And and I personally want to say, I want to apologize for who I was back then and say that learned and grown a lot as a person... You know, and I feel like if you've learned from your mistakes and you're not that person anymore, you shouldn't have to apologize for being that person. That's yeah, I could see that. I mean, like, if anything, it definitely let me because into... we didn't know. That's true, and we and we unfortunately assumed that the information given to us was the correct information. All that being said, is once I watched that documentary a couple months ago, and then was like, oh my God, what in the actual was happening? Because whenever whenever this happened, guys, I mean, if anybody wasn't there, as it was happening in real time, Brittany was, it felt like out of control. It felt like her life, everything she was doing was because she was out of control having a mental breakdown, a mental issue. And because of that, whenever her dad stepped in to, to take conservatorship, we were like, okay, that makes sense. Her family cares enough about her to get her on track is, is what we were being told, what we were seeing. And what we believed. And but that was fucking not the case. No. Now, 13 years later, we know that what was being put out there was not necessarily the truth. There was other things going be, going on behind the scenes. Um, like, if you watch the documentary, the paparazzi that took the picture of her attacking his car with an umbrella, he admits he followed her from Cavehead's house, and she was denied getting to see her children, and he egged her on. Yep. I would react even worse than that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're following me to, the like, my children's house, essentially. Get fucked, dude. Like, get away from me. So there was other things going on behind the scenes, and we're just now finding out about that now. Yeah. And what was going on then. So it's almost like... Was this even necessary in the first place? Exactly. Like, is the conservatorship even necessary? Was a giant power grab and, and money grab from her dad? I believe it's a money grab Absolutely. from her dad. Absolutely. Free fucking Britney. I don't know how much more pressure there needs to be put on this goddamn judge. I know that a lot of times the news media, as we just said, isn't a friend of a lot of, like, the court cases, even the murder cases that we talk about. But in this specific instance, I hope that all the social media and media pressure put on this judge lends this person to do the right fucking thing, which is get her out of her conservatorship with her parent, with her fucking father. Period. End of story. Yeah. And then I hope he faces repercussions. Absolutely. He, she's an indentured servant. That's what she is. Yes. She's literally having to give all her money to her father and her fucking brother 
assholes. He's just like him. Mm-hmm. In order for them to have houses and do everything she wants. And she has had an IUD put in her so she can't procreate or have a family. So she can get out there and work her horse it out on fucking Vegas shows she, and shit. Her boyfriend can't even drive her anywhere. It's it's unfucking believable Why? Because he might take her away you know, to somewhere that's actually safe for her. This is like some Scientology-ass shit. Which you, If you guys have not like really researched oh, into it, that's exactly you, the same shit that they oh, do. Oh, you're going after them? Oh, I don't give a shit. Come at me, Scientology. I ain't got fucking shit to hide from you. If you want me, go for it. In fact, that'd be great. <laughs> it'd be good publicity for us if you come at me. No, but seriously, it's just like, I, I, Brittany, you are seen, you are heard by everybody who has rational yes. sense and saw and heard that video. Yes. Or, uh, or heard that recording of you. If you don't know what we're talking about and you haven't heard it it's on our instagram it's on our twitter yeah it's literally everywhere right now you could google it and listen to it the poor girl is like talking so fast because she's worked up and just desperate to be out of this situation that the court reporter or the the judge i think had just to slow her down twice like say hey you need to slow down well hey you need to slow down we're trying to you know type out everything and record everything you're saying I think that she was trying to get through it so fast because she's been shut down and silent so much. She was afraid that people were going to not let her speak. That's probably true. They were going to silence her. And she just wanted to get it all out. Because she has been. For 13 years. This woman is 40 fucking years old. You're telling me that she doesn't have a coherent ability over her own life? And even if she is a disabled person, you're telling a disabled person who is on her medication, who is getting more therapy than she needs, clearly, and who is like doing everything she can do that she needs to be out of this conservatorship. And yet you guys are not listening to her as a person. You need to fucking listen to the words that are coming out of her mouth. It's just, it's upsetting. Free Britney. Free Britney. Yeah. Yeah. Even my husband, I played that for him. And I was like, I told him, I was like, I have never wanted to go get somebody and save them more (laughs) in my life. And he was like, no, I completely agree. And he gives zero shits about famous people. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's time y'all. I mean, like we as a culture need to evolve past this shit. You know, we need to evolve past the, you know, oh my God, did you see what alien Justin Bieber did? Who gives a shit? Let them live their life, you know. Let let everybody let everybody just live their life and do their thing, and especially let Brittany out of her conservatorship. I mean, let her have all the babies she wants. Seriously, she wants a baby as a forty year old. God bless. Can you imagine if her and her boyfriend had a baby? How unbelievably he's cute, right? Yeah, he's like that tall brunette guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. That would be one gorgeous baby. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And plus, like you know. A new life. Like, start a new life and get past this bullshit that she's been through. Move out of California. Shit. I mean, ugh. Anyway. Point of our podcast is not to talk about Brittany the entire... We digress, exactly. Um, it's actually to talk about um, family crimes and the people that commit them. And you actually have your first up today. I am first up. And mm-hmm. so... There's some shit potholes, and we've been really bad about warning people, so I'm going to yeah. try to do better. Otherwise, there's trigger warning, so get ready, y'all. 
So there was actually a movie made about my mom. Did you watch it? Uh, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, what's the movie called? The Burning Men. The Burning Men? The Burning Bed. Oh, you, oh my God, you did The Burning Bed? Uh, this is with Farrah Fawcett, right? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I remember my mother talking about this fucking movie, mm-hmm. and she was like totally into it. Farrah Fawcett, 1984. God bless Farrah. She was, the, she was, a. Uh, was she Diane Downs? She was Diane Downs. In the in the the small sacrifices movie too, was she? Damn it, Farah! Oh, God bless you, Farah Fawcett, Texas girl. Love you. Love you. So I actually have the link to watch the movie for free on. I don't know how to say this. Tubi TV. Yeah, Tubi. Okay, yeah. That's the only place I could watch it. Okay. I made the pod hubby sit with me on the couch and watch it on this little bitty computer screen. <laughs> He's like, I hate you so much. He loves me. That's why we've been together for 22 years and married for 20. Cute. Because he loves me and he'll put up with this bullshit. (laughs) All the true crime we want. (laughs) It was a movie. Love it. So, Francine Moran was born August 17th, 1947 in Stockbridge, Michigan. She was actually named for a French singer her mom heard on the radio. Ooh la la. Right? Um, she was one of six children. Um, her father was a farm worker, and according to Francine, he was an abusive alcoholic who beat her mother. Fun. Good start. Her mother taught Francine, and I'm quoting, you did what was best for your husband. Well, it was a different time. 1947? That's when Francine was born. Yeah, that's, a, that's what you did. That's what you did as a woman. Absolutely. So, Francine met James Mickey Hughes while she was still in high school and has said said she was attracted to him because to her he seemed sophisticated. Oh, God. Okay. We... mm, Do you want to know how he seemed sophisticated? Continue. He owned his own car, and most of the people she knew didn't own a car. Okay, I'm eye-rolling really hard. You guys can't see it. But, okay. I mean, this was kind of the height of, like, sophistication back then. And also, even up until my, like, early 2000s, like, if a guy owned his own car in high school, you're like, oh, my God, he's so fancy. Right? I mean, that was kind of a thing. I'm older than you, and no. It wasn't a thing for you? No. Are you kidding? Like if what a guy hold on hell did you grow up in? Muffet, if a dude roll up in a, fu- a fucking like, you know, corp not a Corvette, but even like a Mustang, you're like, okay, you own your own car. I right? mean, if it was a Mustang, maybe instead of a beater, but just because you owned your own car, I wasn't gonna go, oh, let me spin him. No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I mean it wasn't maybe sophisticated, but it was like Oh, he's cute because he has his own car. I don't know. It was a thing. I, I, I had a small high school. Okay? I'm sorry for the life you lived and I didn't know Me you. Me too. I'm sorry I didn't know you when you were younger and I could pull you from that. Me I too. I could save you. Oh, God. <laughs> Hashtag free Jesse. Seriously. So not anymore. Back when I was in high school. 100%. So, at 16, Francine dropped out of school and married Mickey. Okay, red flag. 
Mickey was three years older than Francine and a high school dropout himself. Red flag. He had a hard time keeping a job. Oh, God. Do I have to say it again? Red flag. Yeah. Keep on going. Oh, God. So, while they were dating, Mickey kept pressuring Francine for... Sorry, I was seeing if I needed a trigger warning. Um, Mickey continued to pressure Francine for sex. And she wanted to wait, so she kept, you know, like... Till they were married. Yeah. Okay. Putting him off, putting him off, putting him off. Um, and she really didn't want to lose that V card in the front seat of a car. I mean, that's that's a... Yeah. I mean, for girls, for the most part, we, we kind of want it special. Special. Dudes. Just not the front seat of a car. Yeah. I mean, you probably do want to do it just as much as you do. It's just, like, time and place, you know? But... That's what happened. He did it anyway. He got his way. Mm-hmm. In okay. the front seat of the car. And there it is. And in the movie, um, she runs into the diner. The movie's great. <laughs> is it? Is it like great, like campy great? Where you're just no, like, this is so bad. No, it's absolutely fucking fantastic. It's a really good movie. Farrah Fawcett deserves a Oscar. Okay. It is fucking amazing. You have to help me find this movie and watch it. I have the link. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna post. I'm gonna use the link. I'm gonna watch it after this. She's gonna post the link on our show notes. Yeah. Um. So she runs into the diner and she grabs her bestie and she's like, "Do I look different?" She was like, "No, what's wrong with you?" She's like, "Do I look different? Do I look different?" And they get a donut and she's like, "Do I look different?" And she's like, "We did it last night." Oh my god. And she goes, "I guess I'm gonna have to marry him now." (gasps) Oh my god. Okay, but that's the movie. Is that really what happened? She's like, I guess I'm going to have to marry him now? Is that what... That was in the movie. Okay, we're going to go with that as real life, so... Because in, in my head, that was real life. <laughs> if Farrah does it, it's real life. Yes. Remember the fair hair. Yes. I digress. I mean, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time on TikTok. Girl. So, Francine and Mickey, they didn't have their own place when they got married. She was 16, he was 19, and a high school dropout. So what are you going to do? Yeah. They're going to move into Mickey's parents' house. I was figuring. One of the parents are going to take him in. And it wasn't going to be hers. No, that's fucking right. Um, and almost as soon as they said I do, the abuse started. There it is. Mm. And there it is. So Francine bought a new outfit. And in the movie, this outfit was so cute. What are we it talking? It was like, okay, it had like um, no sleeves, okay. but like white, you know. White straps? White straps. What do you call that? Like a, like a holster? Like, just like, like sleeveless. A, okay. Just okay. like sleeveless. And it was polka dotted and it was kind of cropped with two rows of ruffles. And then like. Um, like an impure waist? Are we talking like that with like a ruche? Not a ruche. No, uh, no. Uh, it was uh, just. Uh, yeah. No, it was just cropped top with two rows of ruffles mm-hmm. and then like. Um, Capri pants. Cute. It was so cute. And she was like, it, and he comes in all pissed off and angry. And he's like, where did you get this? And she's like, Mickey, Mickey, it only cost me a dollar at the whatever. And um, for some reason, he saw her in these new clothes. And it enraged him. And he began ripping the clothes off of her. Like he chased her into the bedroom and started ripping these clothes off of her the hell yes so 
This is where the pattern of abuse started. Okay. And of course, what did Mickey do? What do you think he did? What, like after he ripped his clothes off of her? He apologized. Oh, God. Did he do the apology where it's like, well, you know, I wouldn't have done it, but you you made me do it. Like, had you not pushed me to this limit, I would have never blah, blah, blah. No, he was just like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did it. It'll never happen again. And there it is. Red flag. And yes, it will. Of course she believed him. Ugh. Okay, just going to stop you real quick. We're not victim blaming here. This pattern is so common, it's upsetting. Especially because it's 1,000% gaslighting. 1,000%. And I'm not victim blaming her because she grew up in this exact same cycle of abuse and learned from her mother. Remember my quote up here where it said, you did what was best for your husband. About 100%. And that's exactly it. And so you just kind of go, okay, he won't do it again. You believe him. And it's, it's very common that this happens, and it's upsetting because it's like, it's just, you know, the manipulation, the, the abuse of, of people that are already, like, set up in a system where they're, they're it's like these, these guys can see it. They can smell it, and they, like, latch onto people they know can be their victim. You and, know what I mean? And, you know, so she grew up in this cycle of abuse. Right, right. Um, it didn't seem like he grew up in abuse, but from what I gather, there was never any consequences for his behavior. Ah. Was he like a golden child? Like, well, just let him do whatever he wants. He's the, the man of the family. He's the boy or whatever. The You know what I mean? It, it just, there was just no consequences. No okay. consequences. The perfect storm, in other words. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um... And, you know, by the time he actually abused her again, um, she was pregnant. Oh, God. So, um, the movie shows that she did leave and go to her mom's house. Okay. Which you think, yay! She's safe. She's going to stay there. She got out. 100%. But her mom told her Mickey didn't mean it. And she was pregnant and needed to go back to her husband. Because that's how her mother was raised in the, hey, you do, you're married. Sanctity of marriage. You got to do what your husband tells you. It's not her. He didn't mean it. Yeah. So she went back because that's what she was taught to do. And because she was pregnant. What else was she going to do? Her mom wasn't going to support her. Mm -hmm. This was, you know, let's see if she was born in 47. By this time, she's probably 17. 50s. 60s, early 60s. Early 60s, yeah, something like that. Yeah, she didn't have a choice. Right. So, oh, I can tell you exactly when it was. 1965, she there had it is. her first daughter, Christy. Okay. Um, 1966, she had her second child, a son named Jimmy. Oui. Um. And then... In 1969, she had her third daughter, her, her third child, her second daughter, Dana. And then, I'm not quite sure what year, she had her fourth child and third daughter, Nicole. You have a theory about that. Actually, I do. No, I, it's, it's worth sharing because, like, I think that it, it, 
it might be a thing that we just haven't, we don't know about because we're not the psychiatrist, psychologist or whatever, but it actually might be a thing. I just don't think women should have babies back to back to back like this. Because why? Because it's not good for your mental health and your hormones. Mm-hmm. And women don't get the, and then when you do get a little out of whack, you don't get the help that you need and everybody around you ignores it. Yeah. There's no mental health system set up in this country to help anybody, let alone women who have children. And this is not the first mom I've talked about like this, and I don't do it intentionally because there was Andrea Yates. Yep. Same thing. But she also had schizophrenia, but still. But still, she was told not to have any more children. Right. And she did. Yep. And then who else? Shit. I mean, like, Susan Smith. No. Uh, Diane Downs had, what, three? Yeah. Three children. Yeah. Betty Broderick. Did she have hers back to back to back? Pretty much. She had two and then uh, she had another two. So she had two girls and two boys. Yeah. I mean, because like postpartum depression is also very much a thing that really happens to a lot of women. It does. And it goes undiagnosed or they, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it happens. And it's very, it's, it's common. It's, it's, it's not anything to be ashamed about or anything to be like, oh, I'm a terrible mother about. But that's the problem with stigmatizing these mental health issues is the fact that it then causes that like, oh, I can't say anything to anybody. But God forbid, that's today. This is 1960, 70, whatever. Like, you don't say that stuff. You just like bootstrap, muscle it up and figure it out. Yeah. Right? Take care of the kids. Yep. Take a little abuse from your husband, move about your day. Yep. Make sure you have dinner on the table. Pretty much. It's a reality. It's a, that's a, oh, oh God, it's horrible. I, yeah, I mean, look at the Duggars. That'll be a whole series we could do on the Duggars. We could have a whole season. <laughs> a year-long season twice a week. Um, I'm, obsessed. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> Anywho. So through the years, Mickey, he never held a real full-time job. He just went from job to job to job doing construction and day labor, but nothing long-term. And what little money he did earn... He spent on drinking binges, which left no money for food or rent. I wish I could say that surprises me, but it really doesn't. It's just like, you know what's so sad about him? Is he's literally exactly who you think he is. He is that douche who drinks all day, and then he's like, I have my dinner, and then beats his wife because he is a terrible human. He's a cunt, right? He's the cunt in the story? I don't know. I'm going to say he's a cunt. Okay. <laughs> so, finally, when Francine was pregnant with Nicole, her fourth child, mm-hmm. she reached her breaking point and was tired of being abused. Yeah. Um, and she went to see a social worker. So, the social worker actually suggested that she file for a divorce and apply for welfare. Yeah. I actually was shocked by this, considering that it was 1970-ish. No, you're right. If I put it in that lens, now that is, like, kind of shocking. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Say what? That's pretty progressive to say you need to get out of the situation completely. So I'm going to go back to the movie now because I really hope this actually happens. Okay. We're going to say it, it, it did, allegedly. Because in my world, everything <laughs> 
Movies or documentaries. <laughs> it's okay. I do the same only, thing. Only if they're true crime. Exactly. Or only if they're crime related. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so, in the movie, Francine did not have the $7 fee to file for divorce. And um, her one of her kids knocked her sunglasses off her face. And he saw her black eye. And he paid her $7 filing fee. Oh, I love that. I know. If that didn't happen, do not tell me. Yeah, I know. We're just going to pretend that it did because that sounds really nice. Mm -hmm. I love that. That makes my heart full. That's the only thing in the story that makes my heart full. That is pretty great. Maybe one other thing. We'll get to that. So in 1971, the divorce was finalized. But you knew there was going to be a but there, right? Oh, God. I was hoping not. (laughs) You thought I was going to end? Yeah, no, I thought, like, okay, divorce, and then, like, she lives her life, and then we just have this a crazy, amazing movie for no reason. No. Okay. Mickey didn't give a shit, and he did what he wanted. Yeah. He continued on as before. He came and went from Francine's house and beat her, and when she tried to keep him out, he beat her even more. There is a statistic unfortunately, that still exists, that when a woman decides to leave the person that she's with, more often than not, it's a man. That is that six-month period between, you know, her leaving, getting divorced and leaving the house is she is the most vulnerable for abuse and murder. Don't get me started on my straining words. So we're going to yeah. go back to my story. <laughs> yep. Because I could, like, go off on a way big tangent. Yep. So, a few weeks after the divorce, Mickey was in a terrible car accident that almost killed him and put him in a coma. Ah, oh, damn it. So close. He's in a coma. Yeah, but he's not dead. <laughs> Sorry. Like, he's just, he's a terrible person. She's trying to get away from this person. I know. And you can't tell me that but he I wouldn't get, do but, this to somebody else. But I could end the story right there. He could be in a coma and we could be done. Okay. We're not. Damn it. He's like that asshole that wakes up from coma. Like the only one on the planet. He's kind of like um, the guy from Halloween. Mike, Mike Myers? Myers? Oh yeah. Oh my God. He's like the Mike Myers of the 70s, but in real life. <laughs> Keeps coming back. Poor Jamie Lee Curtis. She's like, damn it. I thought I killed your ass. Oh, Jesus. So Francine was actually the first person Mickey asked for when he came out of his coma. Yeah, because, like, continue. I feel like even in his coma, he was trying to think of ways to manipulate her. Of course. It's the, oh, I've changed. Oh, this this accident made me a better person. I mean, how can you be in a coma and still be manipulative? Because you're a terrible piece of shit. That's why. (laughs) So, <laughs> this made her feel guilty. No, girl. And she continuously visited him through his 40-day hospital stay. Okay. As a woman who was taught to be nice and live in a little box and be a polite young lady, don't. Don't fucking do it. Love yourself enough. Value yourself and go, no, fucker. We're done. You were done with the situation. And I'm not blaming her at all. I'm saying I get where she's coming from because that's what we're taught. We're taught to take that shit. We're taught to be nice all the time. We're taught to blah, blah, blah. The point is, like, don't take it. 
don't. Don't let this fucking asshole guilt trip you into anything. I don't care if he's a father of your children. Ass. God. I'm yeah. riled up. I'm about to rile you up even more. <laughs> Once he was released from the hospital, she moved next door to take care of him and nurse him back to health. Next door? To this motherfucker. To take care of him. Yes. That silence is me specious because I'm fucking like, what? Girl. But you know what? It, you yeah. just wait. He's manipulative, okay? I get why she's doing what she's doing. I get it. Like, when you're in this situation, it's totally different. Like, if you see it from her viewpoint, it makes sense to her. That's right? what she's ever known. She thought this right. was a normal marriage. This is what she grew up in. Right. It's like when... It, that's just how it is. Right. And it just shows you how manipulative this dude is. It just shows you that this, this guy is able to use people to get what he wants. It's not her. It's this dude. So you're Mickey. So you're calling it. He's the cunt. He's the cunt. Okay. He's the cunt. Okay. Okay. In 1976, Francine got her GED and enrolled in a secretarial course to try and get some independence from Mickey. Hell yes, girl. Get it. Yes, sis, yeah. Then? Then? On March 9th, 1977, Mickey lost his shit. Hmm. On Francine. There's so much stuff here, I might have gotten a little things out of order. Are there shit potholes coming? Or did they already come? Is it? Shit potholes. Okay. Shit potholes, maybe, perhaps, not quite sure. He lost his shit. He forced her to burn her school books and demanded she drop out. Yeah, because God forbid women should educate themselves because mm -hmm. they wouldn't be with your ass. Okay. He also complained about her buying TV dinners for the kids for dinner. Hmm. Influencer rage dumping the food and dishes on the kitchen floor, smearing garbage into her hair when she tried to clean it up. Hmm. Francine called the cops, but they refused to arrest Mickey. What? Would you like to know why? Yes, I would. Because even though Francine was beaten and bloody when they um, got there, they had not witnessed the abuse for themselves. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? No. We didn't see it, so must have not happened. Okay, because I just fucking decided to get a nosebleed out of nowhere and have a fucking black eye. Wow. Okay. That's and, awesome. Um, and he even threatened the cops, but they still did nothing. That he threatened the cops? Mm -hmm. He's white, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there it is. Fucking dick. So one of the officers did testify in court later that Hughes warned her it was all over for her because she called the cops. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, oh, there's a pattern of abuse here, she's calling the cops, she's getting divorced, she's taking uh, steps to get a GED to set up her own life. This dude is clearly the fucking problem. No, 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 no. It's your fault because you called the cops, so now you ain't got no chance here. So, back then... Um, the cops wouldn't do anything about domestic violence. If you reported it, um, if they didn't see it happen, they would do nothing about it, or they would f refer you to the family courts. 
Oh my God. Thank God that's changed. I mean, it's not great now either. There's a lot of other issues as well, but yes. Whoa. So, as soon as the cops left, Mickey proceeded to continue to beat her and shit pothole rape her. Oh, God. So, as Mickey laid in bed sleeping, Francine um, took a mental inventory of her life and all the times that Mickey had hurt her and the kids. And so she debated taking the kids and leaving. But then she decided she was going to burn the house down so she couldn't return to her life with him. Right, kind of like a final, we're done. Because if the house isn't standing, I can't come back to it. Right, like, okay. And it also prevents her from falling into a pattern of behavior that she knows is... Granted, not a really, like, a first choice. I wouldn't say, let's burn a house down. No. That's not a good idea, but I get where her mind's at. She's desperate. She's at her breaking point. She has been... Physically and mentally abused, and if you watch the movie, the movie shows her trying to reach out to all these different agencies, and nobody will help her. The police, the, you know, welfare system. Because she had divorced him and gone on welfare, and because he had refused to listen to the divorce decree, he just kept living in her house. So, because he was living with her, that was actually a violation of the welfare system. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Mrs. Hughes, if we do anything, it's going to be against you. Right. It's going to come back to bite you because you're actually letting him live here at this point. So, no, you can't do anything. Right. Jeez. All right. So, she said she hesitated, but her inner voices urged her to do it, do it, do it. It's a quote. Um, So Francine quickly put the kids in the car. She poured gasoline around Mickey's bed while he was asleep. Okay. And let them match. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's not good. That's bad. As the house went up in flames, Francine drove herself to the county jail with the kids in the car and turned herself in. And by the time the fire department arrived at the house... Mickey was dead from smoke inhalation. Francine was arrested and charged with murder. I mean, she did murder a guy, but I get it. I get it. I mean, it was kind of self-defense. Let's get real. It's trauma and fucking PTSD, dude. Like, at a certain point, you are expecting to get violence against you, like, happen against you. So even if it's not happening at that current time, there's some sort of thing. I saw something on the Lorena Bobbitt documentary, which highly recommend everybody watch. Totally changes your point of view about that entire situation, trust me. Um, but, like, you kind of expect there to be, like that, your life is always in danger. Yes. So, there was a trial. Francine. Keep in mind, this was 1977. Okay. She is a woman. Okay. They really don't believe in domestic violence at this time. Oh, God. This is when rape was a misdemeanor, isn't it? I don't really know. Mm. 
Francine was found not guilty by reason of temporary insanity. Oh, yes. My joy when I heard that at the end of the movie (laughs) was beyond. Because I just knew they were going to throw her ass in jail. 100%. So you're right. Mickey is the cunt. Yes. So in 1980, Francine married Robert Wilson, a country musician, and became a nurse. She died in March 2017 from complications of pneumonia. Oh, honey. I couldn't find any information on her kids, where they are now. And I'm normally pretty good at Googles, but they could be just, you know. Yeah. I mean, their mom has a book and a movie called The Burning Bed. It's a pretty famous movie, though, too. It's a pretty fucking famous movie. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. So, there are a couple of things. During this time, women were fighting against chastisement. Which was um, held that men had the right to physically punish their legally subordinate wives. I'm going to go into Boondock Saints here because this is the only way I know this. The rule of thumb was the, you know, you can only beat your wife with a switch as wide as your thumb as a man. And that's where rule of thumb comes from, that saying. And, and there's also a really great scene of the guy hitting, you know. But anyway, you have to watch the movie Boondock Saints. Anyway. But, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So, women were dealing with that. And in the 70s, I touched upon this before, when battered women would go to the police for help, they were told it's not a police department issue and refer them to the family court. So, literally, they're being told, like, well, what'd you do? What'd you do as a woman to talk against your man? Why would you do that? Well, of course he's supposed to abuse you. Like, you're a child. Like, you're a little girl that he owns. What the fuck? That's insane. That's insane. Thank God that changed. Dude, that was the 70s, y'all. This was not that fucking long ago. In 1977, when Francine killed Mickey, the FBI reported that spousal abuse in the U.S. was the most underreported crime. In 1972, the first rape crisis hotline was established. Mm -hmm. And in 1971, the world's first safe house for domestic violence victims was opened in Chiswick, London. Thank God. Good. Progress. And this, and when Francine Hughes murdered her husband, um, she was getting a lot of her, I believe her attorney said, he was getting a lot of letters or something from women, abused women. Yeah. Because... Basically, they were just tired of it. Yeah. They, they probably related to her. They're like, girl, look, I mean, you're doing what we're all thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, you did it. And granted, again, murder is never the answer. We're just going to say that. Like, I'm not laughing like, huh, I'm so glad she murdered her husband. No. No. No, you don't. But it is self-defense. Like, at this, at her point, I don't want to, like say that in, in so many words, but like she there okay. were other ways, yes, but the system left her no no out at the time and her level of PTSD and everything she was going through. When her husband warned her in front of the cops it was all over for her. Yeah. Because she called the cops, what was she left to do at that point? You know, after that, after the cops left, he beat her and raped her. Like in her mind this was her only option. And next is murder. Like, uh, that's what a lot of this unfortunately leads to is domestic violence, domestic violence, domestic violence, O.J. Simpson. I said it. That's what happened with Nicole. Or what about that guy in Austin? 
the former Travis County detective. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Domestic violence continually happening, happening, happening. He also also had sexual misconduct with a child charges as well. So, (laughs) think about red flags. But I think I have a theory about that that I don't know is true, so I'm not going to. Right, put it out there. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, 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 let's go back to Betty Broderick, okay? Let's compare the two cases now. Objectively. Objectively. She's claiming the same thing is happening to her, not physically, but mentally, mental and uh, economical abuse, essentially because he is a lawyer and a doctor. He has both of those degrees, Okay. So what her claim was is that he was using his power as a, a high-profile lawyer in the state of California, San Diego, to prevent her from being able to see her children, be with her children, you know, have a life. Um, he was constantly controlling her. Her job was to take care of the children and provide for family, all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, he would always um, basically verbally abuse her by saying, you know, I'm the man or whatever. Okay. Now we take this case, physical abuse, sexual abuse, I'm sure mental abuse, 100%, all of that, kind of a similar situation, no economic like type comparison there, of course, but the difference here is, for at least this is how I see it, with Betty, she agreed to that situation on the get-go. She even says it. She said, I... I, uh, you know, basically took on the role of a very, um, you know, female-oriented role at the time, which was wife, caregiver, mother, because that's not only how I was raised, but that's what I wanted. And also, I agreed with him, my husband, at the time, to go, you become the breadwinner because you're a doctor and now about to be a lawyer. So therefore, I'm totally fine with raising the children while you get us to a place where then we can become basically rich. According to the children of Betty Broderick, what happened was she would constantly complain and bitch and moan about, oh, you know, I'm going to divorce your father and cause problems anytime she didn't get her way. Versus actually being abused mm -hmm. in every single way, trying to get out, using the systems at play, having no money to do so, and then reaching a breaking point, much like Raina Bobbitt, where you're just like, fuck it, I got nothing to lose. This guy's going to kill me anyway. I got one choice here. Either I go or he goes. And at this point, it's him and I'm going to protect my children. So there is a vast difference. I just wanted to provide that for anyone out there listening, that there is a difference. There is a difference. Well, and you know, and when somebody moves on. Exactly. And you don't allow it to happen. Correct. And you continue on and continue on, that person's going to have... A reaction to your actions. Exactly right. Now, granted, it's never right to cheat on your husband or wife either. What he did wasn't right to Betty. I agree. No, no, that's not right. But But, if my husband cheats on me, then divorces me, I'm not going to keep calling his house. No, you'd be like, okay, goodbye. I don't want you. I don't want to be around you. I'm going to be like, bye, pod hobby. Sit on it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Sit and spin, dude. Yeah. Ugh, it's crazy. Yeah. There's just so much. I mean... I didn't know the case behind what happened. I knew about the, the like I said, my mom and the little movie and everything like that. But I really want to watch the movie now. Oh, my God. I The link is in... The link will be on our website. Yeah. There is a website. 
we have as well. It's linked in our link tree on basically every social media, Instagram, you know, you name it. So yeah, it's pretty incredible. That was a great story. So are you going to like turn it around for us? I'm going to turn it around. I mean, I don't really know that I was really depressing today. No, it wasn't. It, 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 it's sad that someone died. Loss of life is always bad. It's always not a good thing. So bad. So bad. But I got to say, it was not, I really didn't think that her case would end like that. Because I'm thinking the 70s, they're going to convict her ass. Like, she's gone for life. Minimum. You know what I mean? Like, 10 life sentences or whatever. Nope. She um, was not guilty. Yeah. And the majority of the jurors were women, I believe. Oh, there, there it is. That's why. <laughs> That's I don't, why. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh my god. Yes, so I am going to turn it around. I'm going to flip a bitch. And I'm going to talk about the best gumna of Texas that we've ever had. Um, and she it wasn't uh, that long ago, actually. It was within my lifetime. And those of you who are like, you know, 20, sorry you haven't lived in Texas if you're living in Texas underneath a Democratic governor. Yes, it did happen in the 90s, believe it or not. It actually did fucking happen. And her name was Ann Willis. Richards and motherfucking Richards is who I'm going to cover today. I'm so excited. You have no idea. Are you fangirling now? I am fangirling so hard with Ann Richards. Like, I had my turn with Pink. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, Ann Richards is a fucking badass. She's a badass. Badass. So let me get into it. Sources, Wikipedia. Sorry, I know. But it gives good dates. It has usually good date ranges and shit. Um, a lot of information. Biography.com. And a couple other websites, which I want to talk about right now because it's going to give away some things. But Miss Dorothy Ann, her name is actually Dorothy. I didn't realize her first name was Dorothy, but she goes by Ann Willis. That's her given name. Was born January 18, 1983 in Lakeview in uh, Texas. She was the only child. So I kind of have a little bit of a fangirl there because I'm also an only child. So I'm like, so why are you not our governor? I, dude, I want to be our governor. I think because I say cunts all the time on a podcast. Maybe I can't be. I don't know, though. Hello. I don't know, though. We're, like, moving forward in life. We got Californians here now. That's true. But we also live in a very, well, it's a per, it's turning turn purple. But still, like, the, the R behind a name means more than, you know, what they actually stand for. Ted Cruz, motherfucker. Anyway, um, I, I'm sorry. He is. And if you like him, well... I'm sorry. Um, anyway, she grew up in Waco. She was wacky in Waco? She was wacky in Waco. Uh, graduated from high school in 1950, went to Baylor, uh, was on the debate team, and she earned a bachelor's degree in 1954 from Baylor. I couldn't find her bachelor's degree. Looked, I don't know why. Um, but then she uh, married her Baylor uh, high school sweetheart, or her, excuse me, not her college, baby. college, college sweetheart, David, Dave. I don't know why they like put Dave in quotes. Like, yeah, that's a common like abbreviation for Dave Richards. That's where she gets her last name and moved to Austin. She got her teaching certificate at UT Hookham and yeah. mm. Hookham. No. Yes. No. In 1955. Um, and they had four children. They had Cecile, Daniel, Clark, and Ellen. Clark and Ellen? Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Clark and Ellen? Yeah. I'm... Are you, are you okay? Are you having... Are you okay? <laughs> are you getting triggered? <laughs> Do you need a moment? Oh my God. She's dying. She's going to die now. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Because Clark and Ellen were 
the married couple on National Lampoons. Oh, shit. Clark Griswold. Griswold. Holy shit, and I didn't Ellen. think about that. Was it Ellen? I'm pretty sure. I thought you were, like, triggered for some other reason. I was like, do you know people named Clark and Ellen? Are they crazy? I can't tell me that. We're looking it up. Clark Griswold's wife name. It was Ellen. I'm Are you sure? sure? Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Clark Griswold. Which, oh my God, if you haven't seen that film series, hilarious. My favorite is Christmas Vacation. Why didn't I just fucking IMDB it? I'm so stupid. You're not stupid. It's just, you know, Google. <laughs> Google's fast. Is it Ellen? I think you're right. It's so Ellen. Keep going. Okay, I'm going to keep going while you look Keep at it. going. Okay, so um, she earned a teaching certificate. <laughs> she taught social studies and history at Fulmar Junior High School in Austin from 55 to 56. She campaigned for Texas liberals and progressives, um, such as Henry B. Gonzalez, Ralph Yarborough, and future U.S. District Judge Sarah T. Hughes. In 1950, so this is like... Right after high school, she was, like, highly involved involved in politics, okay? She volunteered for Democratic uh, gubernatorial campaigns and later ran a successful campaign to elect Sarah Weddington, the lawyer, get this, who argued the winning side of Roe v. Wade. What? Yeah. She was on that campaign, like, group, which is fucking crazy. Like, like damn, girl. Um... What's her name? Ellen. God dang it, you're right. Ellen, what a fucking memory. So yeah, they named their kids after Griswolds. How in the fuck? I wonder if they knew that. No, this is pre. This what, is like what 50- year were her kids born? Uh, after 1955, so probably in like the 50s or 60s. So it was pre- okay, way this before. was 78. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So they wouldn't know. But they, so you're saying the Griswolds are named after her children is what you're saying. Possibly. It's fact. I just said it. <laughs> Fact. You heard it. <laughs> there it is. Oh, oh my god. So sorry. I was. That was really fucking funny. I love it. So yeah. So she helped elect the woman who now, like, argued in favor and won Roe v. Wade. Like, what the fuck? That's insane. So she. Four years later, she tried her first bid at public office. She won a commissioner position for Travis County, which if. You don't know that is where Austin, Texas, the seat of, um, you know, Texas's government lives. And then she moved from local to state government in 82 when she won the election to become the state treasurer. Hmm. She was reelected in 86. Um, so she did the national spotlight for the keynote address in 88 Democratic National Convention during her speech. And this is part of the reason I love her is she is a very clever woman. She has a sharp wit and a sharp tongue. And God dang it, she says the funniest shit. During her speech, she took a jab at George H.W. Bush. This is W's father. Then the vice president under Reagan, right? Maybe. I think so. Saying, poor George. He can't help it. He was born with a silver foot in his mouth. Oh, the Bushes. So for, for anyone who doesn't know, the Bushes are not from Texas. They're from Connecticut. They're Yankees. And Ted Cruz is from Canada. And his dad emigrated from Cuba to Canada. So he's not a Texan either. So don't let his fucking stupid ass boots and cowboy hat fool you. He's a piece of shit. Anyway. 
She digresses. I digress. In 90, Richards ran for governor. So this was not that long ago, guys. Not that long ago. Pledging to increase the role of minorities and women in the state government as a plan for a new Texas. Um, Although she was officially the second woman to hold Texas's governorship, she's considered the first woman elected. And here's why. So back in the 20s, 30s, we had Ma Ferguson. You remember? That name rings a bell. Marion Ma Ferguson. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, Marion Ma Ferguson was like, she was a badass in her own right. She was a very strong woman. But she was twice elected, and she was a proxy governor for her husband, James Pa Ferguson, after Ma he got in. Ma and Pa. Oh, I know. It was, it was the 20s and 30s, dude. I Ma and Pa. I state that the governor was Ma and Pa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. But she became the governor after he was impeached. But twice. So she was the governor... Twice elected. So originally, from what I understand, like he gets impeached, she becomes the governor, which I don't know how that process worked back in the day. Like it was just like a thing. I can't get over the Ma and Pa situation. (laughs) And did you know that Ma Ferguson was the one who ordered the hit on Bonnie and Clyde by the two? Maybe that's why the name is ringing a bell with me. Mm -hmm. More Bonnie and Clyde than... Governor. Yep. So she basically got the, um, she was talking to the, the agents, the FBI agents who took down Bonnie and Clyde and basically said, get them out of my state. That's probably why the name rings a bell with me more than government. Yeah. I am a master of crime. This is true. Government? Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> well, it's more interest. I mean, you know, crime is more interesting than government. And oftentimes you find both in government. That is true. That Politics is and true. Shocking. Um, so she, when she was elected, yes, in 90, she kept her promise and added African-American and women to the Texas Rangers. Here's the other thing she did. She created our state lottery. Love that. Yep. To fund public education. Um, she improved the prison system. She, school finance was one of her key issues. And um, she did the famous Robin Hood plan, launched in 92, 93. And attempted to make school funding more equitable across school districts. Why is it hard to say equitable? So in other words, like no matter what district you're in, again, we're highly gerrymandered here in the state of Texas. Highly. Including school districts. Oh, more so than... More so school districts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can speak to that. It's fucking batshit. Like, you'll have parents literally go out of their way to either move to a school district that has good schools, in quotes, or like you know, put their place of residence at their, like, sister's house who's in a better school district. And it's like, I'm sorry, Karen. Do you have a problem with your children being around people of color and, you know, not having as much funding? Why is that? Is it because they get treated differently? Weird. It's almost like we need to have equitable school funding across all districts. Am I wrong? My kids went to a charter school. And that's it. Because why? Because they- shit like that. They got a better education. Well, exactly. Because we do crap like that where we allow, we don't allow children to have access to equal education based on their income status in this country and especially in this state, which is I mean, and so charter schools are quote unquote technically public schools, but they get less funding than traditional public schools. So there's that. 
And um, my kids were actually are actually the minority at their school. And that's it. Like it brings in a more diverse population of, of people too. And it's like, we need that, you know, like the fact that this even exists, that there are better or worse school districts is ridiculous. In my opinion, I just, it, it, I am for this plan that she put into place. It makes sense to me. Everybody's funded the same. Well, I mean, period. It's like when you have these Karens that are like, I don't have kids in public school. Why should I still have to pay school taxes? Well, my kids don't go to my local public school, but I don't have any problem paying my city ISD tax. You want to know why? Because one day those fucking kids are going to be in the same workforce as my kids. Mm -hmm. So I want them to have the same education as my kids get. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't have kids. And I'm more than willing to, to have a tax increase. In fact, I voted for one for public schools on purpose because I'm like, yeah, I want the kids around me to have a better access to education. So absolutely. Anyway, she also sought to decentralize control over education policy to districts and individual campuses, and, and she instituted site-based management to this end. So she's basically trying to give and equal access to education because she herself is a teacher to everybody that she possibly can. So if she was a teacher, maybe her bachelor's degree was in education. I would think so because, like, if she's teaching social studies, um, that would make sense to me, in history. Yeah. So maybe she either was, like, had a history major or something like that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so before she took office, just so everybody knows, Texas was an economic slump in the eighties. We had the oil crisis, which was fucking terrible for Texas. Because if if you don't know, we're a big fucking oil state, you know, Houston and all that shit. We used to have the Houston Oilers. They became Tennessee Titans. There's a reason for that because now they're the Houston Texans. No, no. The Oilers moved to Tennessee, but now we have Houston has the Texans. Yeah. Not the we same. don't talk about the Oilers. I mean, the Titans. They don't exist. Yeah, the Texans aren't great either. I wish they were. But they are the only Texas team that matters in football. Yes, yeah, sorry, Dallas fans, but... Take your stupid stars and shove them where the sun don't shine. Ooh, we're going to get some people writing in. <laughs> don't at, at her. me. At her, at her, at her. <laughs> Never one rule. Don't at me. <laughs> Rule number one of the podcast, don't at me. <laughs> but at the pod. Always at the pod. So she was, uh, Texas was an economic slump, obviously. After her policies, Texas's economy grew 2%. This is 91, 92, while the rest of the U.S. economy shrank. Just saying. Just saying this for all those men that are like, women can't be in power. They'll have their periods, and then they have the nuclear codes, and shit's going to pop off. Angela Merkel. I, uh... Ann Richards. I accused this lady at work today of being on her period. Well, that's a different situation, you know? I'm just saying, like, for all those men that are like, we can't trust women. They're too emotional. Well... Clearly, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about because New Zealand hasn't had COVID cases in over a year. So anyway. I'm moving there next week. God, I wish. Take me with you. Take me with you. I have to. You're the other half of my The pod? Yes. I'm like the CU and you're like the next Tuesday. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God, that's great. So get this. So 1990-94 is whenever the next election was for governor and George... 
Debye, Bush was running against her. Unfortunately, she did lose the re-election bid, and she left office in 1995, losing to George W. Bush. He then went on to be governor and then president, and we all know what happened from there on out. Yeah. And then we get Perry, and then we get Abbott. We don't talk about anything that happened after W. We don't? Can we? Are you sure? You don't want to talk about, well, like... No. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Go back to Anne. Okay. okay. Anyway, after governorship, she didn't stop being a badass because that's who she is. She was a mentor to other women. In fact, she even advised Rebecca Campbell, an executive director for the Austin Film Society. Whenever you speak in public, you've got to tell them what you need from them. Like, not what they need from you. No, no, no. What you need from them. Which I was like, that's a really good, like reset to your brain of this is who I am. Here's what I need from you, which as a woman, again, I hate to make everything like race and like, you know, sexuality oriented, but let's be real. Like, excuse me, gender oriented. It's very hard as a woman to like stand up and be like, have that presence like a man. Men are told that from when they're children, right? You just are the great God's gift to the world. We're not. So for her to say, like, stand up and tell people what we, you need from them is, like, huge. In the 90s? hmm Right? She was on the King of the Hill episode, which I love, which I don't know if you guys have not seen King of the Hill. Please watch it. Hank and the Great Glass Elevator. It's a phenomenal episode. She kicks ass in it. And she was in the Alamo Draft House Don't Talk campaign, which, have you seen it? No. <laughs> I don't go to Alamo. Um, I don't. I don't like movies. I'm sorry. What now? You don't like movies? So, I don't like movies after, like, 2000s. Let me explain something to you. Please explain. I'm very confused right now. I watch a movie, and it ends, and I'm like, okay, so what about this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and then I have more questions than was ever answered, and that's not enjoyable for me. Do you ask Daniel after? Yes. What does he say? Does he, he explain it to you? No, because he he's like, I don't know. They didn't cover that. So you're, like, not, like, a Christopher Nolan fan, like, memento and shit. Like, that's just not your your jive, because that's his, what his movies do, is you literally leave, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. I like to sit and binge watch my trashy TV shows... Because I know what's going to happen, and I ain't got no fucking questions when I'm done. Fair enough. We can remain friends. I'll explain movies to you after. I don't mind. I'll be that girl. In fact, I'm one of those people that will stand outside a movie theater for like an hour and a half talking about the movie like an asshole. So, I I got you. I'm just saying. Like, I'm like, so what happened to Jimmy and Johnny and Sarah and and little Skipper and... The side characters. I need more. I need more. I need to know. <laughs> and then, nowadays, all the movies are just remakes of the movies I already watched in the 80s. Well, that's very true. That is upsetting. So, I don't want to see it again because it fucking sucks. I liked it in the 80s. Don't make me watch it again. Footloose, I'm talking to you. I- I'm going to agree with you on all what you just said. 
I never saw the new one. Why, fuck you. Why would you? Fuck you. You can't beat Kevin Bacon. Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, get fucked. I never no, saw it. No, never saw it. Me either. There's no point. There's no point. You can't remake Dirty Dancing. It is what it is. Nobody Period. puts baby in a corner. Except Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, when I sit my ass in a corner. <laughs> I love that. No, my desk is in a corner. Is it really in a corner? I have never sent you a picture that I face a fucking corner. I mean, I thought your desk was like in a cubicle or some shit. You were like looking over the wall. I didn't realize it was it, a It's a corner. cubicle, but my computer screens are the corner oh, of the room. Take I face a fucking corner. Oh my God. If you'd like to send me a chat. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Oh my God. TB, TB, TB. Jeez. I swear I thought I had sent wow. you this picture. No, it's okay. You have to send it to me. So, unfortunately, this kind of greatness of a human being can't last long on the earth because it can't. And she was diagnosed with cancer. Why is it always going to be the fucking cancer? I man? know. Fuck cancer, man. Um, she died September 13th, 2006 in Austin, surrounded by family, which I think is Amazing. Um, 12 days after her 70 Little Clark and Ellen. Little Clark and Ellen. <laughs> With Clark and Ellen standing there. I'm just imagining Clark Griswold and his stupid fucking face, Chevy Chase and his goddamn Santa hat and shit. It was Rusty there too. <laughs> Rusty and. What the fuck was the daughter's name? God dang it. Rusty and. I don't know. Fuck. It's like. How do I forget the names of these people as I want to say them? I'll remember any other time, but, like, right whenever we're, like, talking about it, it's like I can't even freaking find the words. Rusty and... Keep going. I God dang you. it. Anyway. She is interred at Texas State Cemetery in Austin, Texas. So then get this. Even more of an up now. In 2007, her school... The Ann Richards School for Young Women Leaders opened. Yes. Yes, it did. I was waiting for you to mention that. Her school. School is a nationally recognized school focusing on leadership, college readiness, project-based learning, and STEM. And it still exists to this day. In fact, they just opened up a new facility. They have a fucking amazing campus. I'm going to link the website if you guys want to donate. It looks absolutely incredible. Audrey. Audrey. Thank you, Audrey. So it's Clark and Ellen. Rusty and Audrey. Rush, oh, God. Rusty and Audrey are such 80s names, dude. I love Rusty. The oh. name Rusty, like. Really? Not really. Oh. It's so 80s. It's very 80s. Go back to yeah. donating for Ann Richards School. Her Ann Richards School for Young Leaders, like I said, I'll, I'll link it on our website. Incredible. Just so everyone knows, this badass woman received many awards, including the Baylor Distinguished Alumna, the Texas NAACP Presidential Award for Outstanding Contributions to Civil Rights, National Wildlife Federation Conservation Achievement Award, and, this is my favorite one, the Orden de la... God dang it. Fucking Spanish class. I hate you. Orden de Aguila Azteca, the Order of the Aztec Eagle, presented by the Government of Mexico... Okay. They hate us. Yeah. But they love Anne. They love, I mean, as they should. That's not an easy award to get, okay? The Maurice and Edisrath Bear of Light Award, the Union of American Hebrew Congregations, 
and the Texas Women's Hall of Fame honoree for public service. That's my girl, Anne Willis Richards. Oh, yes. Yay, Anne. Unlike you, I could meet Pink someday. Don't worry, I'll take you to her. Rude. <laughs> Fucking rude, dude. Maybe I'll do like a hologram like they did for Tupac. I will take you to visit her internment. Okay. We'll take oh, yellow roses. Girl. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Yellow yes, roses. Yes. 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 Okay. We'll we're going to do that. We'll take her yellow roses. When we go, we'll take photos for the pod and everything like that on all the socials. But damn it. We'll take a pod trip. Plus, like, she looks fucking snazzy, dude. Even through her, like, 60s and 70s, she had this. And the shoulder pads. She had this amazing, like, short, like, white bouffant Did she ever not have white hair? I don't know. I haven't seen her young. Oh, my God. You know what? Now that I think about it, let me look at her young. Because all the photos I've ever seen of her was whenever she was a young woman. You know, she was a young woman. Oh, my God. An older woman, you know, because she was running when she was 40, 90 to 40. Yeah. So 40, 50? Maybe she was prematurely gray. You think? Oh, my goodness. Look at her young. She was, oh, honey. Scroll up. Look at this one. We're going to put these on the, on the links just so y'all know. Is that her for real? No. I don't know. Because she looked like a diva. Oh, that's different Ann Richards. Has to be. Well, it says it's IMDB, so it has mm-hmm. to be a different one. True. Sydney oh, Sydney Australia. South. Yeah, sorry. We'll definitely put some young photos of her. Help me find some because I have to see her as a younger person, but... We digress. She's incredible, y'all. Check her out. We did have a Democratic governor at one point, and honestly, she was really fair and balanced. Like, it wasn't so much about the D or the R behind your name. What matters is, is like, if you're a good human being and you treat other people like good human beings, and that's all it really is. I mean, that's all that matters. Like, honestly, I kind of um, get tired of the, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you believe this, you believe that. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Maybe I just want people to be good fucking people. Maybe I just want equality for everyone. Exactly. That's all it really is. Like, why do you have to label me as a certain thing? Because that's what I believe in. I 100% agree. And just exactly how I feel about it. And what's upsetting is like, we really are a two party system in this country, which has led to such division in our country. And it's upsetting because it's like, you can't be, I guess you could say in the middle, like most people actually are. Yeah. And they're forced to like identify. Yeah. And like, if you don't identify, people identify for you. Like you voted for this person. This is what you are. Not really. No, it's the fact that I believe that everybody should have the rights that I have as a cisgendered white woman in this fucking country. Like, that's all it is, you know? So, oh my God, you just found the best photo of all time. If that didn't go on our social media, I don't know what should. Y'all, I'm not going to describe it to you because it's going on our social. Download that motherfucker right now. Yeah, no, dude. You're going to fall in love with her. Trust me. So that's Ann Richards. Yay. I love her. And that's our podcast. Episode eight. In the books. Dunskies. Yeah. You want to leave anybody with anything? Any parting words? Um, 
Should we talk about our new friends? Which ones? From Crime and Roses? Oh, yeah. We're going to be including a promo from our friends from Crime and Roses. Yeah, they were kind enough to do a promo swap with us. And um, let me tell you how these ingenious women mix crime with The Bachelor is amazing, guys. You don't have to watch The Bachelor to listen to their pop. You listened to it. I haven't had a chance to yet. And you liked it, right? Yes, they're great. They're amazing. I love them. They're my new best friends. They don't know it yet, but they're my new best friends. <laughs> we just became friends. So that's awesome. It's like that meme. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> we did, guys. We did. So much room for activities. I mean, they, you know, do a recap of the show and then they um, have crime that kind of goes along with Things going on in The Bachelor. So, okay, that's good because I don't watch The Bachelor, so it, it's accessible is what you're saying for people's yes. true crime. Okay, cool. Yes, yes. Um, so, like, I started off with episode one because I'm like, I'm going in. I'm not going to, like, do this willy-nilly and hand-pick episodes. Yeah, no. No, no, no. You're not a psychopath. I'm starting with one and moving on up the ladder, <laughs> y'all. All the way through. <laughs> so, um... They were talking about um, some bachelor's mom, forgive me, I don't remember, um, and how she was kind of like needy, and they were close, or they might have been close, I'm not quite sure. And then the crime that they did was about this mother's son that was way creepy. Oh. So they just kind of take like snippets, little like grab kind of an underlying thing in The Bachelor and pair a crime with it. Kind of like, you know, you drink red wine with steak. Mmm. That sounds delicious. Why didn't we eat that for dinner? Fuck. Next time. Okay. We're going to get wine and steak. (laughs) I love that. So, yeah. Those girls are amazing. I highly recommend their pod. Y'all should check them out. Yeah. Check them out. And you'll do a little promo at the end and um, stick around for their promo. Yeah, stick around for their promo. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hi there. I'm Megan. And I'm Danielle. And we are Crime and Roses. We are a true crime and bachelor franchise recap podcast. Yeah, we're both. We are two Georgia attorneys watching and recapping all things bachelor just for you. So we're talking bachelor, bachelorette, bachelor in paradise, winter games, summer games, all the games. Basically any show that ABC comes up with and forces us to watch. And then we'll release a true crime episode connected to what we've seen on the show that week. So if you don't like true crime, we have The Bachelor. And if you don't like The Bachelor, we have true crime. And if you don't like either, we're probably not the podcast for you. And that's okay. So if you're into one of those things, both of those things, come check us out as we combine our two favorite things into one-stop listening shop for you. So find us on your favorite podcatcher and on social media at Crime and Roses and email us at crimeandroses at gmail.com. Bye. Love you. Mean it.